Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to our Twitter space entitled Voice Music and the Power of Sound with, we're going to have Archie Beats, J.P. Sachs, and Sarah McMurray as our guests. As always, we are working to uh, get this uh, set up so that we can have all of our speakers approved and set up. The always most riveting part of a Twitter space is as we have to go through and press all those buttons. But we are almost there. Okay. And there we go. So as I mentioned, we have today on our Twitter space, um, J.P. Sachs, who is a Grammy-nominated artist and singer, Archie Beats, who is a digital creator, and Sarah McMurray, who is our Snapdragon sound expert here, dialing in. So once we get everyone set up as speakers, we will be getting started shortly. All right, we've got Sarah and JP on the line. Can you guys uh, unmute yourself and say hi? Hi, everyone. This is Sarah. Hello. Hello, hello. It's JP. Hey there. Here. All right. Now we just need to get friend Archie on. Sometimes it takes a couple of uh, invitations to actually get the uh, speaker request to go through. such as the beta nature of Twitter spaces. Hello, hello, hello. JP, I saw that you were on a boat earlier. How was that? I'm now off the boat, disappointingly, <laughs> but uh, there was a, there was a, a boat from, uh, from Ireland to Scotland earlier today. Nice. Was it a smooth ride? Sometimes it can be pretty choppy. We only crashed twice and then we made it. <laughs> Here. And we have people uh, coming in from around the world. So, uh, Sarah, you're in Northern Ireland, correct? Yes, I am based in Belfast and um, uh, almost beside the, the Game of Thrones studio for any Game of Thrones fans out there. Um, well, I was just in Dubrovnik earlier this uh, summer, so um, I saw the other half of the Game of Thrones uh, filming locations. I bet the weather in Dubrovnik was better than in Belfast. It was very <laughs> warm, I will tell you that. Sarah, I have a show in Glasgow tomorrow, and I know exactly how far it is from Belfast because we've just <laughs> driven that. So you should. You come. were just in Belfast? Oh no, we could have came well, to my house. No. I would have made a cup of tea. We weren't exactly in Belfast. We were in. Du we were in. Um, <laughs> we were in Dublin, but we uh, drove through Northern Ireland on our way to. Uh, Glasgow, which I think is where we have just arrived. So oh, yes, you're, you're... you must have got the boat from Larne to Glasgow. That sounds vaguely familiar from my jet-lag disoriented point of view. Yeah. Um, so you should absolutely come to show in Glasgow tomorrow, because you're closer than most of the people who will be listening. 
Okay, I will get on a boat tomorrow, JP. It's so pretty. I have so many photos from the boat. The, the boat is worthwhile. All right. And then we also have uh, Archie Beats on. Archie, are you uh, all set up? Hello, hello. I'm ready. Ready and rocking. All right. And Archie, you're in uh, Georgia, correct? Yes, I'm in Alpharetta, Georgia, about 30 miles north of Atlanta. And um, it's nice and peaceful out here. I can hear everything. Audio sounds great. Music sounds great. <laughs> That's a great transition and a great way to get things started. I'm in our, this is, my name is Jason Woodmancy. I'm uh, helping to facilitate this Twitter space. I work on the Qualcomm digital marketing team, and I'm here in the Qualcomm headquarters in San Diego. So this is a worldwide Twitter space. So uh, while we're getting started, what we'd like to do very often with these types of things is start off with an icebreaker, uh, just to kind of get everyone talking. We were talking about boats and Game of Thrones and uh, uh, different locations to start, so we don't need to take too much time. But I'm going to go with uh, the a quick question about what was the first album that you bought? So thinking of music and what the first one you ever bought was, if you can remember. And Sarah, I'm going to start with you. I think the first album I ever bought was the, and I blame my dad for this, the Kinks Greatest Hits. Blame or think? Pardon? Do you blame your dad or thank your dad? No, I blame, well, I, no, I thank him. I thank him. It was a good album. It was a good album. Okay, Archie, how about you? Songs and A Minor from Alicia Keys. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. And JP? Mine is either, mine could potentially is also an Alicia Keys album, Diary of Alicia Keys, or it might be Continuum by John Mayer. One of the two. Okay. And on the theme of me uh, loosely segueing from the topic of conversation to invites to my shows, Archie, I'm opening for Alicia Keys next month on her tour. So you could. <laughs> You could see your nostalgic childhood first album bought artist and your new Twitter space friend. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> well, while we're doing some plugs, where will that where will those shows be? Absolutely nowhere close to Alpharetta, Georgia, where I was actually a couple weeks ago I had a show in Alpharetta, Georgia, the really the beautiful amphitheater that they just put in there. Those shows are Toronto, Portland, Vancouver, Seattle. All right. Well, we've talked a little, I've introduced you guys a little bit and just mentioned your basic titles. Why don't we take an opportunity for you guys to tell a little bit more about yourself so the audience could uh, understand your, your background. So JP, while you were starting about where you're opening up and where your concert is, why don't you just give a quick, uh, you know, 10 second biography of your, of you and where you've come from in a music sense. Sure. I am a, a Canadian uh, dorky, very wordy songwriter who shares too much about himself in his songs and then tries to find supportive people around the world to tell him it's okay to be rambly as hell and uh, over-emotional in three-minute increments over mostly major keys. And some of you who follow Snapdragon might remember J.P. Sachs from our uh, Snapdragon Tech Summit back in December 
of last year where he was both on stage and also streamed a concert after the uh, main event. So have you and uh, Cristiano, our CEO, uh, kept in touch over the, uh, over the year? You know, we have not kept in touch nearly as much as I think would have been indicative of the beginning of our relationship, because we did start on, on quite a friendly foot. For those of you who are not there, he uh, made fun of me on stage for uh, not having my guitar with me and then gifted me a very small ukulele, at which point I sang a song called This Is How CEOs Make Fun of Musicians on said small ukulele, which I think he quite appreciated. I think the only way that song would ever get recorded and released is if Christiana, Christiana did a rap feature on verse two. Uh, I think we should definitely talk to him about doing that. I think that'll be... Uh a logical next step okay get him on board and i'm on board too yeah he seems like he seems like the type that would you know definitely uh have some flow if you will i'm i'm all for it it'll have it'll feature the ukulele and cristiano all right next next big uh, drop for uh our snapdragon insiders okay uh archie uh how about yourself well, I started out, of course, as a geeky band student. Um, I'm from um, the Mississippi Delta, so it was only right for me to get into music. Um, and I got enough of singing and playing the keys and drums um, and decided that I was going to become addicted to the audio. So I went and got my degree in audio, <laughs> audio engineering and worked in radio for Clear Channel, started touring with artists, Interscope, Jibs, Bruno Mars, just recording and and now I'm here on YouTube and just showing the world um, my experience with audio and music production and just a lot of little goodies and tech goodies in between that. So that's my story. <laughs> All right. That's great. Sarah, what about yourself? Quick uh, intro to everyone. So I'm um, responsible for product marketing for Snapdragon Signs. And what that really means is marketing and positioning for our it's Snapdragon Sound Technologies um, and audio platforms that are used in earbuds, headphones, speakers, etc. Um, I've been working with audio for over 10 years now. I was part of the team that first introduced Aptex technology um, to consumer electronics. Um, and that really helped um, uh, transform the Bluetooth audio listening experience. So it was a technology that was used primarily in broadcast and for audio applications. And we realized that Bluetooth at the time wasn't really fit for purpose for delivering high quality audio and realized that Aptex technology kind of solved all of the problems. So we, so we took it to consumer electronics. Well, that's also a great, that's a great story and a great transition because one of the first questions that we have here is, well, what is Snapdragon Sound? Obviously, that's the part of the topic that we're talking about here is as in addition to all the additional kind of music and audio discussions we want to have. So maybe a quick uh, overview of what Snapdragon Sound is would be uh, helpful to the audience. Yeah, so Snapdragon Sound is really a collection of, of, of audio and connectivity technologies that work together to end-to-end, -to -end, so from your phone to your earbuds or speakers or headset, to improve um, the listening experience, not just for music, but for calls and for gaming too. So... Um, with Aptex and um, the audio codec that I talked about earlier, it, it kind of worked almost as a standalone technology. Um, but with Qualcomm, we have this unique position of being able to lick 
at the audio chain end to end. So what we've done is we've been able to optimize all of these technologies to work together to really deliver a very premium um, music experience, but also um, very low latency for gaming and very high quality uh, calls for our voice calls. Um, and the, the cool thing about it is that um, when you are using your devices for these things on the go, uh, the technology is also very robust. So you're not going to get any of those really annoying audio dropouts or glitches um, that you would with standard Bluetooth. All right, great. Um, one of the things that we've talked about and heard a lot about is lossless audio. So maybe you can explain what lossless audio is and why it's important. Yeah, so lossless audio, we, so we've actually, I think, actually it's not Dragon Summit. Um, last year we announced lossless audio audio as a capability as a new kind of feature of of snapdragon sound and um, it what it really means is that you're hearing your music exactly as the artist intended so you're not um, losing any of the audio data and um, it's mathematically bit for bit and um, exact it's a reproduction of the original music with no loss of the audio file and um, bluetooth audio was never intended to deliver and um, losses audio was never designed to do that so it didn't have the uh, bit rates necessary um, so what we've been able to do is, opt, as I said, optimize across the audio chain to ensure that we can drive the bit rates up to over 1.1 megabits per second to allow um, losses audio to be delivered over Bluetooth. And why that's important now is that um, there are so many lossless audio formats out there that people can avail of, streaming services, people are you know, storing their music and, um, and, and have re lossless music readily available. But when you're listening to it with a Bluetooth, uh, standard Bluetooth headphone or earbud, you're not getting the losses audio quality. So we've really kind of solved that final problem in the audio chain from, um, you know, making losses audio available over Bluetooth for the first time. So there's no other solution out there that can do this currently. And speaking of Snapdragon Sound, one of the things we wanted to mention, we're doing a giveaway of two pairs of Snapdragon Sound enabled earbuds. They are the Noble Falcon ANC wireless earbuds. Uh, we're going to be randomly selecting two winners from everyone who joined the Twitter space today. Uh, you do have to be a resident of the U.S., Canada, excluding Quebec, or the U.K. So you can check out uh, on our Twitter feed. We've actually highlighted the tweet in our in the Twitter space for those of you who are listening along. There should be you should see a highlighted tweet that'll give you information about. Uh, terms and conditions and rules. Uh, no purchase is necessary. Open to 18 and over attendees from, uh, again, Canada, UK, and the 50 United States plus District of Columbia. So with that out of the way, let's talk a little bit more about music and audio and using audio, because that's, I think, we want to take advantage of having JP and Archie here on the call. So maybe we should talk creative process first. So JP, maybe if you could describe a little bit what your creative process is about how you get from an idea to an actual recorded song and um, what kind of tools you use to get there. Sure. So recently I've been, I've been doing it really um, foundationally in a way that I, I didn't for a while where I've really tried to get to the, the core of what I love about songwriting and then start there. So kind of going step by step like starting with lyrics then going to melody then going to instrumentation and having songs written um pretty completely before i even touch production or any sort of technology which is pretty um uncommon 
in 2022. Usually a lot of it's happening simultaneously. Um, but that way I know by the time I get to a production environment that I'm making choices about the creativity of the production that are based on um, a sincerity in the core of the songwriting that I already really believe in. Um, I think it's really easy uh, to trick yourself into thinking you're responding to something in a song other than the song itself. From time to time, this is pretty inside baseball stuff, but for any songwriter producers, I, I think you know, you'll often walk away from a session or a lot of sessions because the way we work, I'm, I'm realizing that a lot of these people listening are probably not necessarily in the music industry, but the way songwriters, artists, producers work is you know, you'll do five, six, seven sessions a week and then you'll usually walk away from that session with some version of a produce, what we call a demo, um, which is a song in like a rough form, which has some iteration of a production and a melody and a lyric. What I found in that process is it can, it can be easy to trick yourself into thinking you're responding to the song when really responding to some element of the production. Um, so for me, doing it foundationally has really allowed me at each step to know that I really believe and stand behind what I'm creating. So now that I'm in the I'm in the production part of it and getting into the mixing part of it, you know, I, I want to make sure that what I am responding to when I'm listening is as close to what a fan is going to as possible. And that means listening to music across a spectrum of audio qualities. Um, because obviously I want to make sure that music, you know, listen to in the best possible form which i would argue is the form that we are talking about right now every nuance is going to make it more impactful but then if you listen to the crap iphone speaker there's you're still being impacted but obviously in my ideal world everyone is listening to this getting the opportunity to listen to this music in the way that i would get to on a a really powerful system um but not everyone has access to a recording studio with hundreds of thousands of dollars of audio equipment the way that they would have access to earbuds the way that you are giving away today. And I think that gets about as close in a, in a consumer good as uh, the industry has got. So when you're talking about these new technologies, like does that factor in to your uh, mixing process or your making process of thinking about how people will experience it? I want people to feel as close to the emotion of a song as possible. And I think technology and art is at its best when it's, it's removing the distance between an artist and a listener. And I think the higher quality an experience is, the more it feels like you're sitting next to someone in a creative space. Because there's only so many people I can invite to the studio to sit next to me on a couch and listen to songs. So I think technology is is removing that intimacy gap between an artist and a listener and at its best i think it, it really feels like you are you are hearing what i fully intend to have created um in the way that you would hear it in the rooms that i'm sitting in and is that generally how you first experience a song is sitting in on a couch in a studio with all the uh, big speakers around Usually the way I first experience a song is listening back to a voice note recording I have made uh, sitting at a piano by myself, pressing record, and then playing it 
<laughs> live on the piano and singing at the same time. Uh, that's usually how it happens first. But then that gets brought to the studio and we ask ourselves all of the questions about, you know, what is the most impactful form for that song to exist in? Are we keeping it on the piano? Are we doing it on guitar? Are we adding different instrumentation? Are drums coming to play? How are we recording those drums? Okay, we probably end up doing it 40 times in 40 different ways and then coming to some amalgamation of all of those things. And then we, when we get done with that, at that point, we're getting into the audio engineering of how to best record that and how to mix that. And there's so many different elements of the process that... You know, I, in my opinion, are all an attempt to synthesize the impact of sitting next to someone playing you a song. Well, that's great. That's great to hear and to understand about how that uh, how that process works. Because I mean, I think obviously a lot of us are the end users of that music and uh, don't always know exactly what that process is to get there. So, um, Archie, what's your, what's your process? How do you uh, listen to things? How do you create things? And uh, how do you uh, think about the technology where people end up listening to it? Well, um, it's um, exactly what um, JP actually said. Um, I'm kind of like the opposite. I come up with the melody first, more the traditional way. And, but the commonality is I do record it, um, the melodies or from playing piano. And, and um, I started with the piano first. Um, I take the i like a a voice recorder like the iPhone and I just um, pretty much just play it back and listen to it and um, and I do try to make it intimate as much as possible and I do feel like what JP said with um, technology and the creative process you do want the audience as close to you as possible in the form that you recorded it in so um, the creative process is is pretty much like that and like he mentioned um, it, it's we go through a really strenuous technical process with huge speakers in the studio. And by the time it gets to the audience, um, it's kind of dwindled down in a sense. So with the whole thing with, um, with lossless audio and the Snapdragon sound, um, it, it's really important that these technologies exist because um, you get to hear it across all the platforms pretty much in the way it was intended to. Or because, for example, if we take the Snapdragon sound device or anything that um, can project lossless recording, um, it puts us a lot closer to the, um, to the audience in the way they intended to. So when we release it, we know how they're going to experience it, if that makes any sense right there. Yeah, like I, I think about it kind of like you're making, a, you're making an IMAX screen. You know, we, we want to make, make songs that if you were, you know, watching... Our, if, if our songs were a movie, sure, we would like that movie to hit hard if you were watching it at 3 a.m. on a phone in bed on a four-inch screen. But ideally, we would prefer that you like are on an IMAX screen having a full experience, being fully immersed. That's, I think, how most filmmakers intend their shit to be seen. And I think how most songwriters, singers, performers, producers intend for their art to be heard. And I think uh, people who really, really deeply care about experiencing music in the way it was intended to be heard, you know, want to find, want to find the best platforms and systems to do that on. And I think, you know, that's what y'all are trying to do here. It's the, it's creating that, that screen, that high definition, that way the artist intended 
version of the sound experience. Yeah, exactly. Like if um, majority of directors, if they could get and um, filmmakers could get the audience to, you know, to watch all of their movies in a cinema, um, I'm sure everybody would be happy. But um, we have been fortunate enough to advance the technology to a point to where everybody can watch really quality content at home on their television. But it's not the exact as a theater but it's still, you know, good enough to where, you know, the creator and the filmmaker can feel comfortable with their um, with their creation being seen, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But Archie, we're, we're going for the allegory that these Snapdragon headphones are the IMAX theater. That's that's the comparison we're going for. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was actually listening to them. Um, I like to take really um, with the Noble Falcon um, AMC. I like to take um, really old school. Um, we were talking Stevie Wonder um, and just listen to any audio device when I first get it. And with the Noble Falcon ANCs, um, it, it sounded fantastic. And I'm putting it against my $1,000 headphones, you know. So um, it, it's a really great thing that's being created with Snapdragon sound, um, lossless audio being, you know, formatted within it. So. Yeah, yeah that's right, Archie. You've been you you've oh. been using the Marta. The, the, oh, I'm sorry, Sarah. I'll let you go in just one second because uh, I did. That's a good point, though. I know that Archie, you've been using the Motorola Edge Plus with those uh, Noble Falcon earbuds to kind of experience that that Snapdragon uh, sound sound experience. And you've talked a little bit about that just now, but how has that experience been? What have you noticed as a difference? Um. Instantly, I noticed the space, and they are built with 10-inch drivers, and um, and I was just listening to, like, Google Play and just listening to the format of, of the songs that's been projected on there. And like I said, it's a lot of space. Um, um, the um, the frequency response is really great, and I dimension you feel really close to the artist, um, especially on those analog recordings. So um it, it's definitely um we're in a good place right now with audio for sure and i and i want to say this i was the guy that was against bluetooth because i'm a, a cable guy or any type of wireless um transmitting audio device but um these changed my mind like seriously they changed my mind i was that guy yay <laughs> Archie, what I was going to say about those um, earbuds that, you, that you've that you tried out is that, to JP point, JP's point earlier, what I love about those, Noble, are a really, really high-end audio brand, but they're still so accessible. Like, they're not, you know, at a price point that, you know, people can't get their hands on them and, and get to, to experience, that you know, a great audio, uh, great Bluetooth audio experience. So, to me, devices like that, like, make my job worthwhile. It just, it's amazing to see them come to market. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, if you just look at like the the market value and, and the market 
on any type of device that sounds like this and is built out of the quality material, um, it really um, it, it makes it accessible to everybody with the price point that it's set at. So um, I, I admire that part about it as well. So Archie, how would something like this change your process or be a part of your process if you can have wireless earbuds? Is there anything that you would do differently or do you, how do you see that fitting into your kind of process? Um, definitely. Um, um, majority of my colleagues, they use, you know, wired earbuds um, in, in their creative process to check mixes, but I was never that person to even do that. Um, but I see after I create a song and even as I'm listening to the song and I step out of the studio um, and do playback, I would like to, you know, use these for that. And as well as when I get done mixing on my um, my expensive monitors, of course, I would um, check the mixes with the um, with the Noble Falcon ANC to make sure that I'm actually mixing on the level and have the um, just have everything spaced properly um, so that when the audience hear it, they hear the way that I hear it. Um, so that's that's pretty much the goal here. And um, like Jakey said, again, you really do want the audience to experience what you're experiencing. And you have to get these, um, what the Noble Falcon ANC and um, um, Snapdragon Sound, what it does is it helps us um, get to that point to where we can create something um, and hear something in the way the audience intended it to hear it. And by the time we get to them, um, it is, it's exactly, I hope I'm just not being redundant here, but it's exactly what we um, created. Well, speaking of audience experiences, I wanted to point out that uh, we are running a contest where you can get, uh, there's uh, tickets to see J.P. Sachs in Manchester. So the uh, Snapdragon UK Twitter handle, which we have pinned in this Twitter space, has the details around how you can win those tickets. We have uh, three pairs of VIP tickets to the concert in Manchester on Saturday, uh, the 23rd. So it sounds like JP, you're moving from uh, from Scotland down to the Manchester next. Is that kind of that sounds like it's your schedule? We'll have some uh, Snapdragon insiders come watch you. That sounds that does sound about right, and I'm very much looking forward to that. And honestly, just adding on to Archie's point, I think there's a cool thing um, that happens where we can have such a familiarity with with music that you know a lot of us will never really get to hear in any sort of um, high fidelity way. Like even when you know Archie was talking about listening to to um, Stevie Wonder, like I, I remember the first time I list I was I had access to a music studio when I was like twenty one years old, and I remember asking my buddy who was producing the session if we could listen to some of my favorite songs because I'd never actually heard them on speakers like that. You know, it was either in like crappy car speakers or it was on like you know, bad earbuds or computer speakers. Like, you know, I don't think the average person is like, maybe it's a little bit different now. There's a little bit more access, but I don't know. I'm, I'd actually be curious to know, you know, how many music lovers have really listened to their favorite music at a hundred percent, you know, really hearing every detail. And I think it'd be fun to like share in that experience and like hear, hear what you hear differently. Cause I, I remember listening to, um, I remember listening to Sir Duke on those speakers in the studio for the first time and hearing things that I'd never heard before, you know, songs I'd listened to thousands of times. And I think that's just an exciting thing that there's this kind of unlocked part of songs that we already love and feel attached to. 
Yeah, and I think you can see where technology is helping that and that, you know, when we were growing up and we maybe all grow, grew up at different times, but I certainly remember, like you said, listening to whether it's my Walkman with the little orange headphones that really did not give you a lot of great sound up to the point now where I have a phone with wireless earbuds that give me an experience. I mean, I don't know what the order of magnitude is 10, 20 times better uh, than what you, you know, what I would have been able to experience as a kid. And like, we're all getting closer to the music because of the technology and because the great work that Sarah and the team, uh, you know, here is doing to be able to make that accessible, not just make it better, but make it accessible because everyone has a, you know, has a smartphone and being able to bring that in is uh, certainly really powerful. And I think there is a desperation within the artist music community um, and with fans to just feel close to one another, you know, after, two and a half years of not being able to tour um finding ways to really feel like we're sharing an experience um through the music and, and online is is huge you know I'm, I'm excited to meet all these snapdragon insiders at the manchester show and I, I can tell you for one like being on tour has been such a fulfilling experience for me because it's it's finally getting a chance to feel close to people who have a relationship with my music but you know that's something that i, I want to get as close to as i possibly can for anyone around the world and you know it's easier for uh, products to travel than it is for me <laughs> for sure how what is the relationship between kind of your studio work and the live work and how do those affect you uh, in your not only in your process but in the way that you feel about music. Yeah, it's a different art form. You know, often the a live performance is made special by the nuances of the spontaneity and a recorded the recorded art form is about the nuances of the intentionality. And now you're capturing spontaneity sometimes in the studio, but there's a there's a lot more ability to 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 chisel away, you know? you know, to really, to really craft something, um, which is why, you know, we'll spend weeks, months in a studio trying to shape an exact guitar tone or an exact piano tone, an exact vocal tone. But, you know, once you get on the road, when you're in a live environment, it's the spontaneity that creates that excitement. So it's a really, it's a really different feeling, but they're so intermingled, of course. Um, but we, you know, we put so much effort into the nuances of the recorded music, like so much so that like I forget about a detail that we, you know, spent weeks <laughs> trying to craft. And then, you know, I won't listen back to that particular song for a while and I'll hear it and I will remember that time when it felt like the most important thing in the world because it was part of the whole. Well, speaking of live music, one of the questions we wanted to ask here talking about the experience of music is live music and just kind of asking an additional question. We started off with talking about first album you bought. Uh, what, why don't you give uh, kind of the first concert, best concert uh, experience uh, around, the, around the room here? I'd like to hear what you guys have to say. Maybe Archie will start with you. Putting you on the spot. Okay, The Roots. 
it's 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 cool um it's it's the roots um what an amazing an amazing sound they had amazing engineering um engineers um they had amazing just everything so, so that would be your best do you have a first concert as well um my first concert was actually to be honest it was a radio um concert with alicia keys um with um jp Sachs opening up for um and that was memorable because she was my favorite artist um at that time so yeah Right. Sarah, how about you? First concert and best concert? First concert was probably, um, I think it was, there's a Brit pop band called Blur, and Damon Alburn's the lead singer. I think I was probably 14. They were playing in Belfast. My mum and dad told me I couldn't go. I climbed out the bedroom window and got the bus to Belfast, got back into bed, and no one was any wiser. So that was, it was just, it was an amazing experience. Like, fighting my way through the crowd to the front row and just being caught up in the emotion of it all um, was, was just amazing. Um, and then I think one of my favourite memories of um, music was actually, I think, our live music was my um, husband and I went to uh, London uh, kind of post-lockdown. Uh, and we went to Brixton Academy to see a dance act called Bicep. Um, and uh, it was that was the first kind of live music experience I'd had after being locked in the house for, for for two years, and it was just amazing dancing and just listening to the music. It was just it was I'll I'll remember it forever. Well, I hope your parents aren't listening to this, uh, or have I, you admitted this story no, to them? No, actually, they... I'm actually a bit afraid because I came to my parents' house to do this call, so my kids didn't or this Twitter spaces because my kids so my kids didn't interrupt me. And they're downstairs, and I'm praying that they don't hear because they still don't know. And hopefully, they're not on Twitter and don't hear this. Sarah, is it the very same, risky it the same house? Is it your childhood house? Yes, I'm in my childhood bedroom doing this call right now, so it's bringing back all sorts of memories. Sarah, so like that's the window you snuck out. You have to, you have to sneak out the window to come to my concert tomorrow. You have to sneak yes, out the window yes, and okay. then come to the concert. Done deal. Done deal. You can do it with your kids. You can have them sneak out the window too. Have it like a nostalgic bonding experience. <laughs> <laughs> okay sounds good okay all right jp how that, about you bet i will let you in doubly for free i already would have let you in for the free for free <laughs> but if you climb out the window with your children and come to this concert i will i will tell this story on stage and i okay. will thank you specifically okay. for showing up and talking only, about the window there are only three and five so it might be a bit dangerous for them but we'll see what we can do you know how are they gonna learn <laughs> tree, tree, throw them happens. right in there <laughs> Um, my story is not, my first concert is not nearly as cool as the two of you, which leads me to believe that, like, there's no way Blur and Alicia Keys were actually your first concerts, because they're just, those are such cool answers. Although, I think my answer might top them, because my first concert was about as cool as a concert could possibly be. It was Hilary Duff in Toronto. I think I was 12 years old. Um, that is the funniest thing I think I've ever heard. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> And I remember it vividly because it was amazing. And Hilary Duff has still made one of my favorite pop albums of all time. You know, why not take a crazy chance? And it's, it's great pop music. And I really love it. Um, I think my best concert is probably Christine and the Queens at the Wiltern in Los Angeles. Because 
I had never seen a concert approach the way they put on this concert. It was like theater and live music all into one. Well, that's a good one. We'll have to uh, look up. I don't, I'm not familiar with them. So, Highly recommend uh, well, it. Are you familiar with Hilary Duff? Uh, I have heard of her, but not, not necessarily uh, listened to a lot of her work. It's, <laughs> it's a strong body of work, <laughs> especially, the Hillary, especially the Lizzie McGuire movie catalog. Very, very strong stuff. Well, I'll also give my answer. My first concert was the Eurythmics. I was with my parents on a trip and we visited some friends and we went to a concert and the Eurythmics were playing. So that that's my first. Um, I would say my best concert was that I saw um, Nirvana play in their um, one of their about on their last tour, not knowing it was their last tour, obviously, but I saw Nirvana about a 6,000, 7,000 seat arena and just again, made your way up to the front. And that was, that was certainly quite a, an experience. Lots of flannel uh in that in that arena that night <laughs> all right well i think we're uh we've gone through most of the things we hear we decided we wanted to talk to talk about we've talked about snapdragon sound we've talked about lossless audio we've talked about our music experiences we've talked about sarah sneaking out of her house to see blur which was definitely on the list when we were uh tracking this uh, conversation uh, so I guess I would just take this opportunity f- to have each one of you kind of close out with some, uh, some bit of wisdom about, m- about music. And I guess, uh, um, I mean, Sarah, maybe you can, uh, kind of lead it off with, uh, kind of where we wanted to, uh, in the conversation as it relates to maybe Snapdragon sound and things like that. Yeah, I think, um, it's been so, I guess, from my perspective, you know, being kind of deep in the technology sometimes, it's so refreshing to hear Archie and JP's perspectives and know that, like, what we're doing, you know, and putting kind of all our efforts into to, to continually try to improve these experiences is really making a difference to people's, you know, enjoyment of, of music and, 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 and the things that JP and Archie are putting so much of themselves into. So I'm, I'm just very happy about that. Yeah, I mean, this shit's exciting for me just because I have no idea how to make headphones and I have no understanding of any of the technological elements of what it's required for someone to hear what I have made. And uh, so it takes people putting a lot of effort into, you know, people putting a lot of effort like yourself into creating an experience for a fan that is as close to an artist's intention as possible means I just get to keep making the music and not worry about um, sound technology because... I've flunked out of high school math so hard and am so many steps away from any kind of understanding of what's required <laughs> to actually transmit audio. Um, so I do feel like the the process of getting music from our imaginations and to the uh, earphones of people around the world is a team effort. And uh, y'all are uh, an important part of that process. And it's fun that we get to uh, we get to talk about that uh, team dynamic because it's it's not something that I think is uh, is usually visible, but always kind of there. 
Yes, um, we are in a very beautiful moment um, where music and technology is working together. We're creating a healthy ecosystem, um, and both both teams are, are really important. When it comes to the music, um, we, we're putting emotion, we're putting everything into it. And it's great when um, people like Sarah and Snapdragon Sound can create um, technology that can actually, um, how can I say this, um, that projects the heart and soul that we put into music and we can all work together on one accord and um and things are going to get more beautiful so uh, yes thank you guys for having me well we really appreciate it and we appreciate everyone who joined on the twitter space uh, i guess last thing we just want to go through uh what i call the plugs make sure everyone uh follows uh archie beats and i know you probably want people to take a look at what you're doing on youtube any other plugs we should uh let people know about you, Archie? Of course. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you can go to my YouTube channel and check out Archie Beats. Um, I talk about pro audio, music production, um, do a lot of singing, a lot of playing, a lot of engineering. Um, and uh, my Twitter, I like to take photos. I'm a cinematographer. I like to have camera rigs. So I'm a really creative person and technical person. Um, so you guys can check me out. Check out my beautiful photos and audio and pictures. So. It's definitely worth a follow. And JP, where's where are you going to be and when? I think we know we're going to be in Manchester on Saturday, and you're going to be in Glasgow t tonight or tomorrow. Glasgow tomorrow night, and then Manchester, and then uh, uh, Antwerp, and Cologne, and Amsterdam, and then we come back to North America. Um, so right now we're we're uh, stumbling around Europe for a bit longer. Everyone is very right. much invited. All right. Well, everyone there in Europe, make sure you go out and say, see J.P. Sachs and obviously follow him on his uh, channels and uh, get his music as well. And Sarah, again, thank you for uh, being there and explaining uh, all this uh, technology to us. And uh, I suppose uh, your plug would be for us, for everyone to follow Snapdragon, right? Yes, please follow Snapdragon um, for all things Snapdragon sign too. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for having uh, me as well. It, it's been a great conversation. All right, guys, really appreciate it. And with that, we'll end the Twitter space until the next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for having me. See y'all. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right, thank you.